Whoa, what is that? I don't know. What is that? Is that a... What? It could, could that be a... It's Bible a... It's a Bible bomb! bomb! Hey, this is Landon. This is Philip. And we are your Bible Bomberman. Let's, Let's drop some bombs! In our last uh, blockbuster episode, we ended on a cliffhanger. cliffhanger. A cliffhanger, more like way much more of a cliffhanger than Infinity War. This one is gonna be so much more happy. So we we talked about hell, and our first of the three part we did is Jesus coming back. The end of the yes. world. Yeah, the end of the world. Then we talked about hell as an option for people who don't want to humble themselves and submit to the reign of Christ. But today, we're going to talk about where does everybody else go? Everyone who does submit to his lordship. Heaven. Heaven. Now, heaven is used a lot as a very generic term. Yeah. Well, people, so is hell, too. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's a lot of people who believe in heaven. A lot of people who believe in some form of afterlife that is not hell. Yeah. <laughs> that's basically all they... All yeah. they they're like, no matter what, you're, it's, it's you're not hell. Go to heaven. <laughs> so it's just uh, one of those concepts that people have in their mind as they're living is, I'm living my life, and you know, when I die, I'm going to heaven, because that's where everybody goes when they die. Unless you know you're a a rapist or a Hitler or something like that. Then it's a good example of <laughs> people believing what they want to believe. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what exactly is your basis for believing in heaven? Now we're going to talk about what, what the Bible actually says about heaven and who gets to go there. So, do you have uh, Matthew five eleven through 12? Yep. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. All right. So, uh, Jesus here in the the Sermon on the Mount is advertising a place called heaven. Now, we don't really know what kind of concept Old Testament people had of heaven. We, we do know that in Hebrews 11 it said Abraham longed for a heavenly country, but we still don't know what, like, there isn't that much talk about heaven in the Old Testament. There isn't that much talk about, here's the... Uh, reward that you have so uh, jesus says you got a reward in heaven if if, if you know there's always an if yep. if you do this you <laughs> know i guess not, not i said that wrong sorry do not, this, do and this. Have, no, yeah <laughs> but not but the earning it. i think a, a key though even for these people who don't understand is is the word reward yeah he's advertising so, a reward for being able to endure the persecution and bless people who persecute all right so what kind of reward is this a good one good one but how good so read uh, revelation 21 uh, 1 through 7 then i saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth passed away and there is no longer any sea and i saw the holy city new jerusalem coming down out of heaven from god made ready as a bride adorned for her husband and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death. There will be no 
longer any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits in the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of water of life without cost. He who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. All right, so. Sounds we, pretty good. So, it, it sounds pretty good. There's no crying, death, pain. It sounds uh, pretty awesome. Or does it? <laughs> In uh, verse 8, it says, But for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable, the murderers, immoral persons, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and idolaters and all liars, their part will be in the lake of fire, the lake that burns with a fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That's what we talked about uh, last time. So there's going to be no bad guys there. That's great. Uh, no one to start drama. Everyone yep. there is just going to be good, happy, <laughs> moral people. Believe it or not, a lot of the atheist people will look at this scripture and say, I'd rather be in hell because that's where all the fun people are at. <laughs> <laughs> Think, like, this is... Hell sounds like the party. He wants to be in heaven where everyone's good, I guess. You know, all the the people who lived morally, those are the boring people. <laughs> even if even if you thought of it in this way, sorry, I know we talked a little bit about this last last time too, but but I was it, this just popped into my head while you were saying that is I was thinking of like when I have a really strong cavity and toothache and there's some candy. Even though I love candy, doesn't matter how fun it is. A toothache hurts too bad, and I don't want. I don't even care about it. <laughs> I just want my tooth to stop hurting. And even if you were next to your favorite celebrity or the coolest person, you think you're burning in an eternal lake of fire. While you're burning up in a fire, I don't think you would care. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but that being said, I, I'm not sure that's what hell looks like. Listen to our last episode. If yeah, you're curious and about it, that. you know, uh, go back and listen. <laughs> you're not gonna have any fun, okay? <laughs> but at the same time, there's a lot of preachers out there. Not just, you know, not just Church of Christ preachers, but in the evangelical, Protestant, Catholic, they they teach about heaven and make it seem like it's the most boring eternity you could possibly imagine. Um, yeah, there's no crying or pain, but what is there, right? Yeah. We know that there's no sadness, there's no bad things, because we like to quote this verse a lot. But it kind of sounds like we just uh, sit around and, and you know, just hang out with God. That's funny <laughs> when you watch, like, uh, there's, like, TikToks or memes where, like, when somebody dies, they just appear in the bright clouds and that with, like, a halo over their heads. Uh, with the green screen behind them, and they're just I mean, like, "That's always." Wait, I yeah. died. I need to try again, or something. Like, I need to, and uh, uh, or there'll be these pictures of you singing, and all you do is sit there in the pews and sing. Yeah, and <laughs> and cartoons, and yeah. A lot of people have this strange look. Have this idea that that heaven's gonna be cloudy. You know, you always see pictures. It's in clouds, and you see a naked baby angels. First of all, the Bible does not portray angels as uh, little babies, or, or portray, describe. It describes angels as mighty warriors, you know, mighty men. All right, uh, I think a lot of people have this uh, mindset of, uh, heaven's going to be better than hell, but I, I think I'm going to miss the good old days when I used to 
eat bacon burgers and play video games and watch football and do all <laughs> all these uh, fun things in this life. You know, those with that understanding have a complete misunderstanding of the gospel and of who and of who Jesus is. I mean, you got to go back to basics to uh, foundational uh, Christianity Christianity uh, 101 if your mindset is I want to get as much out of this life as I can because I know when I get to heaven, it's not going to be as mm. fun as this. And you got to be honest with yourself if that's what you think. Because yeah. that's kind of how I thought when I was a kid. I was like, what are we going to do in heaven? Mm. I remember I've thought that too. someone saying, we're not going to need any food in heaven. And that made me sad. I was like, but yeah, I, like I love food. food. <laughs> yeah, you would imagine things <laughs> like a, a big table with all your favorite foods on it. I mean, and that um, would be my picture as a little kid. There's that song, <laughs> "Big Big House," right? By Big Big yeah, House, but by lots, audio, of, lots of food. By Audio Adrenaline, it makes heaven seem, seem like a place with a a big mansion with lots of food, right? And a big yard to play football in. What, when people think of of heaven in those terms, it's, it it kind of makes it easier. But, Although, yeah. That being said, there is one spot in uh, John fourteen two, I believe, where it says that. Uh, God's house has many rooms. Yeah, yeah. But that's <laughs> that's the only spot where I think it's portrayed as a as a big house. You know, Jesus did use uh, uh, physical pictures to illustrate spiritual points, and we're gonna talk about more of that in a minute. Mm. But what people like to do is they're uncomfortable with heaven, so in their minds they make heaven look like a. They they try to make it as uh, physical as they can. Movies like Heaven Is Frill. Uh, did you ever watch that? I don't think so. Yeah, it's full of a bunch of false doctrine but it it portrays heaven as you know there's a part where it shows like a i think a park and and a kids are playing on it it's very physical and <laughs> was there lots of food i don't remember i saw well, that's it, i saw it a long time part. ago but basically one of the messages of that the movie was everyone can go to heaven right you don't need to follow god obey really? yeah it was full wait of wait a second falsehood. is that the movie where a kid can't, yeah, the kid came back yeah. to life, and they, then he told everybody about what he saw. Yeah, and then they're like, "Oh, this guy was from yeah." I, rem- I, I remember that. The dad was like, "Well, the kid saw he saw his grandpa," and the dad was like, "I, I didn't think we'd see him up here." It was very much a preaching. Yeah, non Christians, you know, God loves everyone. You're all, they're all going to heaven. That's not true. Well, okay. God does love everybody. God does love everybody. Okay? <laughs> That's true. I didn't mean that. He wants everyone to be. He wants everyone to go to heaven, and there's plenty of scriptures that say that. But not everyone is going to choose to be saved. Okay, if you're going to heaven, you're going to heaven on His terms. Anyways, all right. Back to this. That was kind of a, a sidetrack. A physical land of of uh, carnivals and parks and roller coasters and uh, football stadiums. Is that the heaven that we read about in the Bible? Is heaven a physical place where we can just live like we do here, except no one dies and we're all happy? Yep. And you know what? <laughs> this is where the big split between Christians and even non-Christians too, what they believe heaven will be like. Is it spiritual or is it physical? And when I was doing some reading online in recent days, looking uh, to prepare for this podcast seemed like at least that was my the feeling i was getting most christians were saying it's going to be physical or miss most christian sources i should say were saying it's going to be physical which yeah. kind of surprised me but that's where the big split is and um that's what we're going to take a look at in the bible 
now find out. think about this all right invert now i mentioned earlier that the bible always uses physical pictures to illustrate spiritual realities in heaven for example the bible talks a lot about how god has a throne it says that when jesus ascended he sat down at the right hand of god but uh, read what Matthew 5, uh, 34 says. But I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God. All right, we, we kind of took that out of context. Uh, Jesus is talking yeah. about do not make oaths in the Sermon on the Mount. But he, he, he re- refers to heaven here as the throne of God. Uh, keep that in mind as an example of he's using a physical picture to illustrate a spiritual theme because heaven is is God's throne. God doesn't have a physical throne because heaven is his throne. You know, right. it it reminds me a lot of like a, a common example is trying to explain to a man who is born blind uh, color. How can you describe color to somebody who has no way of comprehending yeah. it? So um, that's similar to uh, what what the Bible has to say and describes about heaven is gives us so many pictures of things that we can understand because we were born in a physical body and we see, hear, and feel physical things and uh, not so much spiritual. So uh, this is how it is described to us. All right, so we got this little uh, Bible story here. Bible story time in uh, Matthew 22. Verses 23 through 30. You want to get this? On that day, some Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to Jesus and questioned him, asking, Teacher, Moses said, If a man dies having no children, his brother as next kin shall marry his wife and raise up children for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers with us, and the first married and died, and having no children left his wife to his brother. So also the second and the third, down to the seventh. Last of all, the woman died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had married her. But Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken, not understanding the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. All right, this story should be called one bride for seven brothers. <laughs> One bride for seven brothers. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, That's gross. That is gross. But, you know, not at the same time, okay? The, the, this was, they all, they, they died off, so it wasn't like polygamy or anything like that. Jesus said that people are not going to be married because they will be like angels in heaven. Okay, the Sadducees, I keep hearing this joke. I don't remember how, the, how it ends, but they were sad, you see. Yeah. They were very physically minded. They, they did not believe in a resurrection at all. They believed this was all here. So that's why Jesus says, you don't understand the power of God. They claim to believe in a God, a God who created the world, but they, don't, they can't believe that God can raise the dead. It yeah. doesn't make sense. Well, the Bible clearly says that God is spirit, John 4, 24. But they, they think heaven's going to be physical. In this like case. They don't understand the power of God. And in this case, he says... Uh, but are like angels in heaven, and angels also are spirit. So, yeah, I read Hebrews 1, uh, 13 through 14. But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool at your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who inherit salvation? 
All right. So <laughs> angels are spirits. Yep. We're going to be like angels. Uh, so we're going to be spirits. And the reason why Jesus said that, that we're going to be like angels in heaven, is because <clears throat> marriage is a very physical thing. That's mm-hmm. why you have to do, be married to one person at a time, <laughs> because it's a very physical thing. In heaven, we're not going to need marriage. We're not going to need all the things that uh, go with that. That's because we're going to be spirits. So that right there, in heaven, people are going to be uh, spiritual. They're, we're not going to have uh, physical bodies anymore. Uh, when Jesus ascend, ascended to heaven, his his uh, body transformed into a spiritual one. I know yep. a, a lot of people don't believe that for whatever uh, reason. But I don't know why. But th- think about what happened to Elijah when he ascended into heaven. His his cloak fell off. <laughs> yep. So we have more, Jesus is more prob- evidence of Jesus this. Jesus probably did well. too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got to say, as I just said a, a minute ago, that I was reading these resources that were supposedly Christian. I, I, I read one site that I look at all the time when I, like, if I want a quick answer to something, got questions. It's, a, it's pretty helpful, but not everything on it is true, of course. But uh, they mentioned that, again, that heaven is physical. And uh, so I wanted to look to the Bible to see, I don't know, where, where in the Bible, is there any evidence in the Bible that shows that... Um, we are not going to have our same physical bodies when we go to heaven. And ran across this passage in 1 Corinthians 15. Um, you could start even earlier in verse uh, you 35. Could. It's a long passage. It is already <laughs> long. We're already going to read a lot. But you could start in verse 35. But we're going to start in verse 40. And uh, this is pretty powerful. It'll be 1 Corinthians 15, verse 40 through 52. There are also heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly one and the glory of the earthly is another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars, for star differs from star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a perishable body, it is raised an imperishable body. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness and raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. Then the spiritual The first man is from the earth, earthly. The second man is from heaven, as is the earthly. So also are those who are earthly. As in the heavenly, so also are those who are heavenly. Just as we have borne the image of the earthly, we will also bear the image of the heavenly. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound in the dead, or we will be changed. (laughs) (laughs) You could even go on some more. But I think we get the point (laughs) that's being preached here. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. How could that be any more clear? Yeah. 
Um, and, the earthy, the, the, the heavenly bodies. And that's exactly <laughs> what uh, the people on the physical side are teaching is that we will have flesh. We will have blood. And some are even saying that we're going to recognize each other's physical body that we have on earth. Like, well, I could see Landon in heaven and be like, oh, hi, Landon, because I would recognize his physical body, which has a bunch of other questions added onto it, like people with that are born without legs. Are they going to come with their same body or do they get an exception? Do they get a new body? and just keep their face or something like then you got to add all these other questions on now, top but you don't even have to go there you have to know the power of god okay this is why jesus was like you don't understand the power of god when we get to heaven yeah like what you're saying like some people die when they're old some people die when they're young which what are they they didn't look like they're yep. young selves i do believe we are going to know each other and recognize each other yep. with our spiritual bodies but don't know how we're going to do that Yep. But we just know because the power of God is going to make us able to do that. I mean, Peter, yeah. James, and John, and Jesus uh, recognized uh, Moses and, and Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration, even though they were dead a long time before that. But they didn't have physical bodies anymore, but they were able to uh, recognize them. You already mentioned that marriage is a very physical thing, and a lot of people are sad. They're like, well... Uh, I'm not going to be married when I move to heaven, but actually you're going to be, you're going to have a much closer relationship in heaven as a spiritual That's being. True. <laughs> well, you already are a spiritual being, but not bound to your, to your flesh. You're going to have a much closer and deeper relationship to your wife than you have even on this earth. So it's not a downgrade at all. That's what a lot of people think is that this is some kind of a downgrade or that this is not as exciting, but I read what Philippians three twenty and 21 says for our citizenship is in heaven. From which also we eagerly wait for a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will be transformed, no, who, will. No, who <laughs> will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. Uh, think about this. Think about how cool this is. When a God, when a Moses told God, I want to see your glory, God said, you, you can't see me and live no yeah. one can see my face and live the reason is because what he's saying here <laughs> no. um when god's glory shows every atom in the universe is going to split everything's going to be destroyed but us we're not going to be destroyed we're going to transform into the the same kind of body that he has it says that he has a body of glory and, and calls our physical bodies a humble state yep and that's <laughs> it's interesting to remember that jesus when um, when Jesus was talking about my father is greater than I, he was in the humble state. He came as a truly a man. And that is the humble state that he's speaking of here. That, that was part we're of the stuck sacrifice. In, that we're stuck in right here. We're, our, we are ourselves spiritual beings, but we're, we're bound to the flesh at, at this time until you die. Pretty much the definition of death is separation. We separate our body from spirit. No. Yeah, what would you rather have then? Your uh, uh, same old uh, physical body or a body of glory? I mean, that sounds really cool, right? Body of glory. Yeah. I mean, his glory. The same kind of the same kind of body that God has, we're gonna have. I mean, that is pretty amazing. sweet. That that even sounds though, awesome. Even though it kind of sucks because we can't describe it well. Yeah. <laughs> we can't describe in super detailed fashion what it's gonna be like. 
I say look like, but even the even our eyes looking, that's still physical in and of itself. So that's why we use so many physical descriptions to try to describe these things, and that's why God did so himself as well. But clearly, we are going to be transformed, as it says here. Yeah, and that's something that we should be excited about, not upset about, yeah. because we don't know uh, what it's going to be like, but the fact that it was a sacrifice for Jesus to leave his glory body and to have a physical body, that should say something that that the glory body is better. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Yep. And it is. It doesn't get sick. It doesn't die. It could probably fly around a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> well, cool. even flying might be considered physical. I don't even know. How, it's going to be awesome. Goes, That's what we know. Yep. It's going to be worth it. It's important to know that the book of Revelation is an apocalyptic uh, literature. And it's not meant to be taken uh, super literally, at, at least in a physical sense. But there's an important point we need to make, and that is the word literal does not always mean physical, yes. at least in the Bible. So like when it says anyone is in Christ as a new creation, I think a lot of times people think that's just a metaphor. Well, no, it's, it's, it's being literal. It's just not, yeah. it's not uh, physical, it's spiritual yep. that we are actually born again at our baptism. Talking about our, our sins being wiped clean, you don't... You don't see <laughs> Yeah, you're not going to... The sins aren't physical on your body either. But it's still a literal passage. In Revelation 21, well, we're not going to go uh, read all these. But it talks about all these precious stones that are going to be in heaven. Not like infinity stones, but like, you know, stones. <laughs> we moderns don't care about stones or, or precious stones and gems. I mean, I mean uh, maybe girls do, I don't know. But <laughs> most of us... When we think about gold and ruby and sapphire, just like, who cares? But the original audience would have appreciated the great worth <laughs> that those stones carried. So, um, what kind of value does God really put on these physical stones? And it, it talks also about streets of gold, right? That's what I, I always hear streets of gold at almost every funeral. This yep. person's walking yep. the streets of gold. What? Good is a street of gold when you can't buy anything with the gold. <laughs> yeah. Isn't the point of these valuable things to uh, purchase things <laughs> with it? Imagine a city with a street of gold, and you're playing in the gold, and then you just realize I'm bored. You know, you could spend a whole day at a Disneyland or at a Hawaiian resort all by yourself. Uh, would you enjoy being there forever? I think it would get uh, no. boring after a while. Um, people get lonely. What, what makes those places great, you know, what makes a vacation resort great or anything like that, it are the people that you're with. You know, it's, it's spending time with your family or your friends. Uh, people kid themselves about this a lot. What people really want is other people. A, a person who has nothing but gold or precious stones but is lonely is depressed, even if they won't admit it to no, themselves. You know, deep matter. down, everybody <laughs> knows that there's nothing more valuable than a friend. Or family. That's what happens to a lot of incredibly rich uh, celebrities that end up committing suicide. Is they they got um, isolated. They've been isolated. They don't have any true uh, friends. Yeah, around you, you them. got everything. So so if you think of heaven as just a place of streets of gold and there's a bunch of fancy rubies, yeah, this looks awesome. This looks beautiful. I feel super rich. When you think about spending eternity there, then you could understand why. That might get boring after a while. <laughs> nope. um, that's not really the point that that revelation is making. The purpose of 
talking about the stones and streets of gold is to communicate the extreme value mm-hmm. that exists in heaven. The original audience would have understood that. Yeah, and again, this is what we were saying earlier as well. Like, um, he's, he's describing in terms that we can understand, in terms that um, we can imagine, we can have an image of our, in our head. Get people excited. You yeah, know? yeah. If he described it in, in spiritual sense, which he, you cannot do... <laughs> <laughs> then, well, I guess, yeah, you just can't do it. You so do you it. would be a dead end. And there would be nothing about heaven in the Bible other than saying it's good. But describing it in detail, saying streets of gold, many jewels, many, it's a beautiful city. Saying things like that. that, that puts glass. A, yep. Yeah, it puts an image in our head like, wow, whatever this place is, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing. And in Revelation 21, it also talks about dimensions and the size of the heaven's going to be how um how big it is when you calculate that it's not that big <laughs> yeah. um people have said it's just like i don't know it, it it's it's a lot smaller than the earth so you, if you just take that as as uh, literal you get to be like well that's it we're gonna be stuck in this little cube forever we can't go explore new different stuff well here's the thing the uh, dimensions described in Revelation 21 represent a perfect cube. You know what else in the Bible was described as a perfect cube? Holy of Holies, the tabernacle, and the temple, which is where God made his presence dwell. In a spiritual sense, God obviously uh, wasn't stuck there. But mm. God used that to communicate his uh, dwelling place. Read what Ezekiel uh, 48-35 uh, says. The city shall be 18,000 cubits round about, and the name of the city from that day shall be the Lord is here. All right, the name of the city is the Lord is here. The perfect cube in the Bible always represents this is where God is. The Lord is here. And that's the point that Revelation is trying to make. Now, Jewish people would have caught on to that, or some of the original audiences would have been like, oh yeah, just like, the temple, you know, uh, that's where God is. Now, the point that Revelation 21 is trying to make is that this is where God is. It's not about gold or physical gems. It's the fact that God is there. Now, that changes your perspective a little bit mm-hmm. on things. It's not about what's going to be there. It's about who is going to be there. And that's why Jesus said, no one comes to the the Father but through me. He didn't say no one comes to heaven but through me the purpose is to get to the father yeah yeah i remember a reading a not a reading i was listening to a sermon at affirming the faith you you might have actually been there um we'll see if i remember the guy was telling a story he, he was he was talking about this and how he he gave this illustration of someone going to grandma's house saying you know i i can't wait to go to grandma's house because i just i love the house you know i i, I love <laughs> the the rooms and the decorations i just love uh, being there but he wasn't excited about no he he, he was saying uh, nobody does that you go to grandma's house because you want to see grandma <laughs> yeah you, and that's why we want to go to heaven it's because we it's because we want to see god now we're just going to be honest here if you don't love god with all your heart soul strength and mind then you're, you're not going to be excited about heaven if you're a non-believer then you don't like God, so of course you think heaven will be boring. <laughs> um, but the reality is most people who claim to be Christian live 
secular lives, thinking I'm just going to go to heaven when I die, but I'm going to live the same way as the rest of the world does. Re- uh, read what James 4.4 4 says. You adulteresses, you do not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. All right, so you cannot be a friend of the world. Otherwise, you are an enemy of God. He, yep. uh, he compares it to adultery. That's uh, part of the reason why God put the picture of a marriage as between Christ and the, the church because no cheating. Yep. All right, so when you go to the world, you cheat on God. If heaven doesn't sound like a good time to you, the reason is simple. You don't love God enough. <laughs> All right, so let's get to work on, on loving God more. There's a reason why God you know, doesn't take us straight to heaven as soon as we're baptized. He really wants us to really, really, really fall in love with him. Read what First uh, John four ten through 12 says. In this love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his has sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. I always struggle on that word sometimes. <laughs> Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. God sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. If we process this correctly, this should produce... A lot of gratitude in us, where we fall in love with God. How could you read the gospel stories, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and not fall in love with Jesus? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's the point of, of reading his word, is, is to make us fall in love uh, with him, because we're thankful. Honestly, uh, Jesus is a likable person. I, I like that he stands up for the truth and calls the Pharisees hypocrites. I like that he was kind to the woman that they were about to stone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like his his person and his character. That That's someone that I, I want to be with yeah. forever. But most of all, I love him because he loved me first and gave his son to save me so that he could be with me for eternity. I mean, think about the torture he went through. Mm-hmm. And to say that he did that for you while you were still a sinner. This reminds me, especially the last passage we read about it's as, as if you're committing adultery on God as a Christian to uh, to go back to the world. Reminds me of uh, Hosea when I know he was talking about the Israelites, but but as as Christians, it applies to us today. To we're as if we're a prostitute going going back, have even having kids with other other men, and and God takes us back. He still loves us, and there's no like it's indescribable to imagine some somebody loving us that much but, even though we've we've gone and committed adultery but like, yeah and he still wants us back and when you read a lot of those prophet books like Hosea you can really see how how much it hurt God to see Israel just turning its back on him over and over again God has the right to be upset about that because he deserves all of our love and attention he's God and he and he's proven his love to us. But we cannot love God if we do not uh, love each other. Read First John 4, 18 through 21. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not protect- perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, 
he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him that the one who loves God should love his brother also. So a part of falling in love with God includes includes learning to love others. Now it's always yeah. learned. You gotta you gotta go out and do it. You gotta practice. Practice mm-hmm. makes perfect. And as I heard someone say once, perfect practice makes perfect. <laughs> but sometimes you you do gotta fail a little bit to learn. But risking your reputation to eat, eat with uh, sinners, didn't uh, Jesus do that? Oh yeah. Yeah, um, preaching the truth, knowing that you you, you might get killed, happened to Jesus. You know, uh, serving others at at inconvenient times, taking care of orphans and widows. There's kind of a cycle that goes on here. The more you realize God loves you and dwell, and dwell on that fact, the more you want to love others. But the more you begin to love others, you start to realize how much more God loves you. Then you love him even more, and then begin to love others more. And the, the cycle goes on It's and like on. a snowball. Yeah, <laughs> so love is the fulfillment of the law. That's why the, the, the Bible spends so much time talking about love. You can have mm-hmm. not all the doctrine right, but if you don't love people, it doesn't... It doesn't matter. Do you mm-hmm. any good? <laughs> yep. So when the more you love God and the more you love people, especially the church, heaven sounds like a party time. <laughs> yep. Uh, we can't wait to be there with him. I read what uh, Revelation 19, uh, 7 through 9 says. Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him. For the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was given to her to clothe herself in a fine linen in the righteous act is the righteous act of the saints then he said to me right blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the lamb and he said to me these are true words of god so heaven is described here as a marriage supper back in those days marriage in the jewish days marriage suppers were like a week long <laughs> biggest parties. they were a huge festival they were like christmas and i don't okay. know it was people it was, actually were committed to each other. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, it was a big event. Um, the bride is is God's church. That's us. Yep. We are His bride, and the wedding dress that she's gonna wear is the righteous acts of the saints. So that the things we mentioned earlier about you know, loving others, taking care of orphans and widows, preaching, telling the, the the truth, all that good stuff. That's that's the wedding dress that the bride is going to have on when God sees His church uh, walking down the aisle. And it's, it's going to be a huge uh, wedding festival. Yeah. So we make ourselves ready with the help of, with the help of the Holy Spirit by, by these righteous acts. And that's what pleases God. That's what God sees as beautiful. Now, of course, I want to emphasize this again. It's with his help. God does a lot of this stuff for us. He clothes us with Christ. But we still have to put in the effort. So what do grooms and brides do when they get married? No, you don't have to say the word. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. <laughs> you know, they engage in physical intimacy, <laughs> okay? God and his bride will not engage in physical intimacy, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there will definitely be spiritual intimacy forever. So that's why I, like I like to tell people, heaven is the eternal honeymoon of God and his church. Nice. Okay? It's not going to be like the physical honeymoon. I'm not trying yeah. to say that, but... Heaven is the eternal honeymoon of God and his church. It is, it's going to be great. But there's some icing on the cake. Not only is God going to be there, but the church. 
you know, all of us who who suffer together, laughed together, prayed together, died together, worked so hard together to please God or to um, build his church, we're, uh, we're all going to be there. Uh, read what Luke 18, 29 and 30 says. And he said to them, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God, who will not receive many times as much as at this time and in the age to come eternal life. Uh, that's Whoa. exciting. We have this family that we get to be with forever. So that's one of the reasons why we need to get along with each other now in this life because we're going to... We're going to be together forever. And it it makes it so much special, so much more special once we've uh, suffered uh, together and played together and did all those things together. Because when we get to heaven, that's what makes it feel like this awesome uh, reward that we all uh, made it. Uh, Read what John 17, 22 through 23 says. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, and that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you have loved me. And this is Jesus praying to God, by the way. Yeah. But, um, I mean, to the Father, I should say, because he is God. But <laughs> this goes back to what we were just talking about earlier is our unity like on earth the closest person to us is our our spouse our wife or our husband it's going to be even upgraded you're going to be even closer to them but not only them closer to god closer to your brother closer to your sister closer to your neighbor (laughs) it's going to be amazing now what god wants he wants this this unification process to begin now he doesn't want us to wait till heaven to to start uh, doing it that's why we gotta work on that now. But when we do get to heaven, we we are yep. we are gonna be. I mean, it's it, it's hard to say how it's gonna be, but we are gonna be unified on a level that we can't even imagine. Now, with that being said, though, we we do have to mention this: we are still going to have our own personal identities. Now, some people struggle with this. They because uh, some religions teach that you lose your identity once you reach nirvana or whatever this version of heaven is <laughs> mostly eastern religions like hinduism and and uh, buddhism uh, read what uh, revelation two seventeen says he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches to him who overcomes to him i will give some of the hidden manna and i will give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone which no one knows but he who receives it a new name, don't know what that, that's going to be, but only you are going to know it and nobody else. That kind of lets us know you're, you're always going to be you yeah. for all eternity. You're, you're not going to be combined with everybody else yeah. and be one, one bride for God. You know, it's, it's the unity is talking about that Jesus is talking about, is talking about fellowship. And that's why you got to talk about heaven in spiritual terms, not a physical. Otherwise... <laughs> Yeah, you might think yeah. we're all going to be one person. Also mentions, uh, Jesus mentions uh, that we should be building up treasures in heaven as well, which is personal as, too. And, and, and just what we talked about, how Jesus said you're going to receive more family. You know, we are going to know each other when we get to heaven. And we're all going to be our individual selves, but we're going to be united as one. 
All right, so we're all going to be like Christ and love each other forever. Now, there is so much more we could talk about, like receiving a crown of life. You know, what, what does that mean? The Bible talks about us reigning with Christ. That's pretty cool. Or the Bible also talks about how we participate in the destruction of the world. That's a whole other study. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> trying to get into all these other topics. For now, uh, let's go back to what Jesus said at the beginning of, the, of this episode. He said, great is your reward in heaven. Mm-hmm. Heaven is a reward. God is our reward, and the church is our reward. Now, when you think about heaven in those terms of the fellowship that we're going to experience there, yeah, it doesn't sound boring anymore. Yeah. Because I honestly could care less about a city that had streets of gold. <laughs> Let's, well, also at the same time, imagine even if that's, if that's what it was, if you were singing a 24-7 for eternity to mm-hmm. God. Like, I know whatever God has planned, um, even if I was completely wrong, which obviously I don't think I'm wrong, otherwise I wouldn't be saying these things. But even if I was completely on the wrong track, I trust and have faith in God and that our reward is great in heaven. Even if I was completely wrong, I know what he has planned is better than I can explain. Yeah, and we can't uh, fathom it. Uh, we do know in the book of Revelation points to this idea that that whatever we do in heaven is going to be bringing God glory. Like it, it's going to be uh, glorifying to him. Um, but it, it, it's also going to be glorifying to us to bring glory to him. And we are, whatever we're doing in heaven, we're never going to want to stop doing it you know it is going to be an eternity that we never want to end and the good thing is is that it's never going to end i'm so excited we should be excited we should all be (laughs) pumped and it's home you know that's where we belong we belong there and that's where everything's going to be great we're aliens on this planet we are and that's why you got to focus on uh, loving god more and loving people more especially the, the church but even those who are lost, you know, it, it's got to be motivation for us to evangelize and help people get to heaven because we want to see them there yep. too. As much as Jesus loves you, he loves them also. So He does. He, let's let's yeah. bring them home yeah. where they belong. <laughs> All right. Love God more, love people more. That's that's why Jesus said that those were the two greatest commandments. Those really do are the answers for just about everything. <laughs> yeah. So heaven is going to be worth it. Yeah. Okay, so next episode is going to be an interesting one, and it's one that we've been wanting to do for a long time. But we but wanted it's seasonal. To, yeah, so we <laughs> seasonal, had to wait. So we had to wait till this moment, and our next episode is going to be about Halloween. All right, should, should be pretty controversial, but fun. You know, <laughs> what does God think about Halloween, and should Christians be participating in it? Do we personally yeah. partake in it? We'll talk about that next time. But until then, see we will you see you guys. guys.